Welcome to another exciting episode of Growing a Greeter Kenai. I'm Larry Opperman. I'm happy to be here again with you guys on this always wonderful Central Kenai Peninsula morning, albeit a little bit wet, uh, but that's okay. Uh, we kind of needed a little bit of moisture, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the first thing I want to say is that you're listening to KDLL 91.9 Kenai and Soldatna, and I am so happy to have you here. It's 36 right now down here on the peninsula with rain falling and maybe even a little snow on the way, according to the, uh, according to the talking heads of weather. Uh, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong, but, you know, hey, we all know where we live and that's the way it is for us. One of the first things I want to be sure to remind everyone is the absolute fact that tonight it's time to set your clocks back. That's right. Set your clocks back. Uh, they always say to do it at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't know why they do that because when you go to bed, what are you going to get up at, in the morning and, and at 2 o'clock and set it back to 1 o'clock? Then it becomes 2 o'clock again, so they got to get up at 2 o'clock again? I don't know. Anyway, uh, when you go to bed at 10.30 tonight, it's going to be 9.30 for you. So you get an extra hour of sleep. And, folks, I used to work night shift, and I tell you what, this was uh, it made for a long night shift when I was younger on the setback nights. And I also used to work nights though on the spring forward nights. So I got uh, an extra hour off of work time that time. So that always worked out pretty good. But yeah, don't forget that folks. Um, spring forward, fall back. Tonight is the night. Uh, don't be, uh, you know, you're going to be early for things tomorrow if, if you don't. Uh, I always get that. A lot of people get that backwards. If you get up in the morning and it's 830 but it's really 7.30, and you got somewhere to be at 9, you're going to be an hour early. So anyway, spring forward, fall back, don't forget about that one. Uh, we also, uh, what I want to do is, the last time I was on the show here uh, on the November 20, uh, October 21st, I believe it was, we had the KDLL membership drive. And I'll tell you, uh, we, had, we had such a, a good time doing that membership drive um myself and uh, mitch michaud helped me the second hour and we did well but one of the things we did if you folks if you folks remember is we try to get a few a few gifts for the people that that donate or or join kdll so i want to give uh, a, a plug to the companies that gave kdll some gifts uh donated f for some of the folks that called in during Growing Your Green or Kenai during that couple hours. And one of them is Kenai Feed. Uh, Sarah and Rupert at Kenai Feed, they've always supported gardening. They've supported KDLL. And Sarah is such a nice person. Uh, Sarah and Rupert both are so nice. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I just, I just love Sarah. She's just such a wonderful person. And always uh, supports supports gardening in the area, and supports uh, Central Peninsula Garden Club, and and it's just uh, it's just a she's just a wonderful person and a great business. And so thank you. Uh, they donated two fifty dollars gift certificates to the membership drive, and our two winners of those was a lady named Penny Vadla and Peter Earhart. So congratulations to Penny 
and Peter for winning $50 gift certificates from Kenai Fee. And then also uh, we have to recognize Wayne and Patty Floyd at Cool Cash Farms. Uh, you folks know that Wayne and Patty run a peony, 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 I'll tell you what, I still don't know, uh, farm uh, north, of, north of Kenai, and they donated two peony roots plus the soil amendments that have to go in. That was about a $30, about a $30 uh, uh, value, and they also had the directions on what to do, how to plant them, what you need to do with them, and I sure hope that the folks that won it, our two winners of that was Bonnie Cracked and Sharon Resch, and I hope you've got those in the ground because they needed to get in the ground now. If you haven't got them in there, get them in there. And then I also want to uh, give a, a nice plug to Mel's Bakery there in the Copper Center on K Beach Road, you know, uh, the center that's kind of right by Orca Theater, uh, right in there. And Mel's donated a couple of real nice T-shirts for folks. And, uh, and the two winners of the T-shirts were Jane Conway and Christy Bullock. So I want to thank Kenai Feed, Cool Cash Farms, and Mel's Bakery for supporting KDLL and making the membership drive uh, the, sex, the success that it was. So thanks again uh, to those local businesses, and we, we certainly appreciate that here at KDLL. Now, one of the things I just mentioned, though, that I want to be sure that, that some of you folks maybe do or don't realize is... You know, the, the peony root, like I said, uh, that uh, our winners got from Cool Cash, Patty told me, they said, they need to get these in the ground now. They need to be in the ground. So I checked, and, you know, uh, and, you know, we've had some cold weather. The ground was starting to freeze. But, you know, with a little bit of work, you can still get down in there into the soil deep enough to plant some of your bulbs. Uh, you know, you can, you, you if you do it right and you're careful, you can probably still get some garlic in. You can get some of your, your bulb, your flowering bulbs in, and you can get your, your peony roots in. Now, one of the things that I tested that worked really well is, you know, the, uh, oh, it's like a little auger type thing. You can get different sizes, uh, but there's little augers about, you know, maybe three three inches across, two and a half, three inches across, that you hook on to your drill, you know, have a cordless drill. And those, you know, they go in, it's just like a post hole digger on a big tractor, but it's a little bitty thing that goes on your, on your drill. You can get them different lengths. Well, I tested the other day with that, and I was able to get down deep enough to plant a bulb. So you can do it a couple of different ways. If you use that little, that auger, and, and you can find them online, if you use that auger on your drill, you drill in, you pull up, let the soil come out, you drill down, you drill down, you drill down, and you drill down deep enough for whatever the recommended depth for your bulb is, and you drop your bulb back in there and then put soil back into, into it. And you've got your bulbs planted at this time of year. But don't wait too much longer because uh, as we get some cold weather, uh, and it's and I'm not, uh, still going to be maybe a little little bit of work for you, and it's tougher to do in rock hard soil. But we've had some really pretty good weather, getting cold at night. But holy smokes, we've had oh man, we've we've had some nice days, really nice days. And I think with a little bit of effort, 
You can do it either with a, a, a long skinny shovel, a spade, something to break up the soil, but those little augers that go on a drill absolutely work fantastic for that. And uh, and that's, a, that's, that's one of the things I'd recommend that you do. I certainly hope everyone has everyone's got their garden and they've got everything pretty much taken care of for the year. Now this this kind of doesn't really count as much to you folks that have heated greenhouses. You you've got a little bit you've got a little bit of extra time to keep going with some of your gardening. Uh, the the one thing you're dealing with now is darkness. You might have to provide a little supplemental light in your greenhouse if you're still if you're still growing some things, and 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 best of luck to you. I know uh, one of our local gardeners, uh, the Beesons. They have, oh my gosh, they have got just the most fantastic heated greenhouse um, attached to their home, and it's just an absolute fantastic, fantastic greenhouse. Uh, and that's one of their prime hobbies. They love to do it. You know, one of the other things that they do, if they still do it, went on a tour of their place a couple of years ago, they've got a high tunnel at their house too. And one of the things they do to build a little extra heat in their high tunnel is they keep their compost pile in there. And I, if I remember correct, they're putting some uh, lot manure, they're putting everything in it. Well, that pile generates heat. That heat gets held into the high tunnel it doesn't get snow piled on it and i'm betting i i'd have to talk to him again but i'm betting that thing uh, stays in pretty good shape all year since it doesn't uh, sit out in the ultra cold with snow on top of it you know so that's that's an idea too is uh that compost pile it'll generate some heat and keep your high tunnel a little warmer if that's what you need so anywho Anywho, that's uh, that's one of those things. Now, we got a couple things. Well, one of the things I want to remind everybody is the Central Peninsula Garden Club programs are back online. We're doing programs again, and we're holding them at Kenai Peninsula College. And this, uh, you know, and I I can't remember the young lady's first name. Last name I think is Esslinger, and she's going to be down from Fairbanks talking about garden permaculture. And that'll be on November 18th, which also happens to be my birthday. And uh, we'll be at Kenai Peninsula College. It starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, when, you go to, when you get to Kenai Peninsula College, you should see a garden club banner. Uh, and uh, you go in the door where the two big scrap metal moose sculptures are. That's the door. And if I remember, I believe that's building 156. To go in that door, and then it'll be held in the uh, in the room on the on the right there with the uh, all the uh, a, uh, audiovisual equipment and all that. But the first couple of programs of the season have been absolutely wonderful. Now we'll have to say I I had to get that information uh, secondhand from folks that were there and worked for the garden club on the board and folks that went because uh, we were we were gone. We were out of town. I I told you guys during the uh, during the fundraiser, my wife and I were in Great Britain for a little while. We went to some of the most fantastic gardens over there, uh, the, everywhere. Uh, gardening is, uh, the, and the British love love their gardening. So anyway, we had a great time. But we were we missed the, the first two of the season. But we'll be there on November 18th, too, to see what's going on, listen to some gardening perm permaculture. 
something else that's coming up that my wife and I are going to, uh, we're going to try to get to it. And that is on November 10th through the 12th. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday up in Anchorage is the Alaska Food and Farm Festival. And you can, you can find them on Facebook. Just uh, do a search for Alaska Food and Farm Festival. And then in the, in the details section, right at the top of the page, there's a link that'll take you to their internet page. And it's www.akfoodpolicycouncil.org. That's akfoodpolicycouncil.org forward slash 2023 festival conference if you want to just go right to the net. Uh, but if you get on your browser and do a search for Alaska Food and Farm Festival 2023, uh, the link will pop right up. And I'll tell you what, they have got some wonderful, wonderful speakers. Uh, our own Casey Matney from down here on the peninsula at the UAF Extension Center, he'll be there. Uh, doing some presentations. Heidi Rader from UAF up in Fairbanks will be there. And uh, it is, uh, they've got so much, so you can learn everything that you need to know about gardening in Alaska. Uh, we've got uh, Senator Shelley Hughes is going to be there talking about Alaska food strategy, uh, doing uh, workshops on, on cut flowers. Uh, Heidi, Heidi's going to do a show on, on new to gardening in Alaska. This is what you need to know. They're going to talk mariculture. They're going to talk a little bit about everything, uh, botrytis in your plants, a traditional foods program, composting, you name it, and they're going to be talking about it. Uh, urban conservation districts, building a food web, I tell you what, I can go down this list, beekeeping in Alaska, and it's it's just a, it's 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 a busy three days is what it is. We're going to try and get up there, and I will have to say the the only thing that might prevent us from getting up there is I'm I'm on the hook for jury duty, and if I have to do jury duty, I'm not sure we'll go. But if you don't get to go, if you don't think you can go, if you look at the schedule, you will see. A lot of the the items that they're going to be talking about the the presenters, and uh, it's a it's one of those things where you can watch it right at home. They have certain programs that are going to be shown throughout the throughout the day uh, for the week uh, throughout each day for the weekend. Some of them are in person only sessions, but other ones will stream. So. That really makes it, uh, if I can't get up there, I will definitely be streaming some of these programs. But we're going we're gonna to try to go. And I think it would behoove everyone. There's, there's like I said, just some, uh, uh, here's one that Wayne and Patty may or may not like uh, that's up there. Uh, but this is somebody from California developing a commercial peony farm. And that, uh, there's, a, there's a 4-H, Building Our Future. That's a, that's a streaming you know, you can catch that on stream. And a lot of these, a lot of these programs, they're not really long, uh, half, uh, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. So a lot of them aren't real long. There's a farm to future, uh, learning how to freeze dry your food. And anyway, uh, check out, check out the website. And one of the ones that I'm really interested in is food security. And that, uh, that would be a, that would be a good one. Uh, Heidi is going to be talking about food security 
and sovereignty in Alaska Native communities. And it, uh, it, it promises to be a, a great program. So give it a check. Uh, go to those links I told you about, uh, the, uh, the Alaska, uh, no, what was I saying? The Ala- AKFoodPolicyCouncil.org 2023 Festival Conference. Just do a search uh, for Alaska Food and Farm Festival 2023, and the, the link will pop up. But anyway, uh, give it a give it a check. See if you get a chance to uh, if you get a chance to go do that. I think that would be a blast uh, to go up to that, and uh, and I'll let you know. Uh, I'll let you know at a later show whether I get to go or not. And uh, some of you folks, if you do get to go, uh, I would I would love I would love for you. You know, I do the newsletter for the Central Peninsula Garden Club, and I would love for you to potentially write a little article for the newsletter if you went to a program and uh, tell us one of the tell us what you learned there. You know, that would be that would be great. So one of the things, too, that's coming up is, well, we've got Thanksgiving that's on the way this month. And then, as we all know, it's that time of year again. We've got Christmas coming. Well, on next month's Growing a Greener Kenai, I'm going to do like we've done before. And we're going to talk about what some of the best gifts for gardeners might be at Christmas. Now, I've got one, though, I'm going to give you a heads up on right now and and the reason why I'm doing this is we got one there's a, a company out there that's making soy candles they're called Kobo K-O-B-O and their website is KoboCandles.com and we got this as a gift it is a called the wild tomato vine plant nine ounce candle and I'll tell you what, this thing smells exactly like a tomato growing. It smells incredible. And then what's neat is the little box that it comes through. It has some brandy wine, tomato seeds in it. And you save the box, then you soak it in water, and they've got the directions on it. And then you plant the box, and you grow a tomato plant. It's really cool. It's brandy wine, and, and a bunch of us gardeners up here, we grow brandy wines in our greenhouse, but they've got so many of them. Uh, they've got a lavender plant. They've got a sunflower candle. Smells like a sunflower, and then the seeds in it. Thyme, uh, a poppy plant, mint plant. They're, now, I will have to say they are a tad expensive. Uh, they got one that's fresh-cut fresh grass, that I haven't smelled that, but it apparently smells just like when you cut the grass. So anyway, they're a little expensive, but as a gift, it might be a great gift for that uh, special gardener in your life that 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 needs something different. But I think that's a heck of an idea having the having the candle itself smell like the plant, and then and then all these have the seeds embedded in the box, uh, like in between the cardboard. And like I said, all of them, you soak it, and then you grow the plant. And I think that's just, uh, that's just a, brilliant, a brilliant idea as far as I'm concerned. Like I said, I'll say it again. They're a little expensive. You know, the 9-ounce candle, wild tomato vine, it's twenty nine fifty, But as a gift, that's a little different. That, that might, like I said, that might be a, a nice gift for, for that special gardener in your life. But anyway, they're at... K-O-B-O-C-A-N-D-L-E-S dot com, uh, Kobo Candles, 
and you can see those there and order them order them online or and i'm sure there's may, might be some other places you could order them too but anyway um think think about think about what might be a good gift for a gardener at christmas and if you have a good idea i'd love to hear your idea and you can you can do that by sending that idea to me at growing a greener kenai at kdll.org i'm always ready to always ready to listen to some ideas about from our all our gardeners uh you know i don't i don't have the uh, i don't have the franchise on all this and we got a lot of great great gardeners with great ideas so yeah shoot me a shoot me a, uh, an email like i said growing a greener kenai at kdll.org and we'll we'll maybe add that to the list of what some of the best gifts are for christmas okay so one of the things i want to talk about too today is not much is going on in the garden is isn't it not a whole lot at all i think i think mother nature's been messing with us a little bit we had such a tough winter i mean a tough uh, winter well that might be right we had a tough we had a heck of a tough winter this summer didn't we but we we uh, we we made it but here lately except for uh, the last couple of days we had a lot of sun and some cold temperatures it just would have been nice we had a little bit of that sun earlier in the summer (laughs) it would have been a little bit nicer but anyway you know we all know where we live and this is what we put up with and all we can do is uh, hope and i am confident uh, maybe i think you're darn tootin' it's going to be a better summer next year for for gardening so and i will have to say too i uh you folks know who our district seven representative uh, representative justin ruffridge and I ran into him the other day, and he looked at me and says, you know, my mom's mad at you. I'm like, what for? And he says, she followed your directions, and she did everything you said to plant potatoes in containers, and she got no potatoes, hardly any potatoes. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to say. You know, so my wife and I, you know, or my friend David and I, we were sitting in Mel's here a few weeks back, and all of a sudden, here comes Justin's mom, Linda, into Mel's. So I put my head up on the side of my face. I was trying to hide from her. I looked over there, and I go, oh, hi, Linda. So she came over, and we talked about her potatoes. And I, I can't figure out what it is. She says, I did everything you said, and she wasn't really mad at me. But it was pretty funny. So I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you what, Linda. I said, if I have to, I said, I'll come over to your house, and we'll plant potatoes in containers for you. Because my container potatoes came out wonderful. And it's just my wife and I, so we don't plant all that many. But I got a good 60 pounds of potatoes out of my containers. And that's out of, let's say, just a minute, 12, 12 containers. You know, so an average of of five containers of potatoes got me 60 pounds of potatoes. And that'll last my wife and I quite a while. So anyway, we I told her, I said, I'd be more than happy to help with your potatoes. And one of the things I was going to talk to the garden club about is, you know, we uh, and you folks know I love to grow potatoes in containers. They're so easy. But the garden club in the summer typically has some workshops 
Well, I'd like to talk to them and maybe even do a workshop on growing potatoes in containers, be it a plastic bin, a fabric bag, or whatever. You know, I've I've grown potatoes before. You know how you go to a oh a whatever event the the home show, the sportsman show, and a lot of the and I've mentioned this to you folks before. A lot of the vendors that are set up there, they've got their shopping bags that that they that they pass out for free i've grown potatoes in those before you can grow potatoes in so many different things uh, i grew some potatoes in a hanging basket in my greenhouse before you know it's it's just amazing it just but but you have to look at you have to think about what your expectations are on what you're going to plant now planting a little seed potato in a in a bigger hanging basket am i going to get 10 pounds or five pounds of potatoes out of that well absolutely not but by planting that little two-eyed uh, cut cut seed potato with two little eyes on it if i get four potatoes out of that four small potatoes medium potatoes i go i consider that a success you know i think that's where people mess up a little bit on what they plant is their expectations are too high and especially with potatoes you look at those ads with the bags where the bottom opens up and the things full of potatoes well that's not how it works folks so anyway uh and if and i'll tell you what if you've got any ideas where you would would like to see a if you would like to see a particular workshop put on by the garden club give me an email at growing a greener kenai at kdll.org i'll pass that along to the garden club or you can also send your your ideas to sinpengardenclub at gmail.com they'll also get that as an idea because uh, we're always uh, you know looking at looking for ways to help gardeners make them make gardeners uh, better gardeners and some of those workshops have been wonderful they've been wonderful so yeah either to me and i'll get it to the garden club or send it right to the garden club that's c-e-n-p-e-n garden club at gmail.com and uh, send them your ideas too of what you might what you might like to see for a workshop well my gosh uh the show's almost uh, we're down to the bottom of the, getting close to the bottom of the hour already i've got do have a few things to talk about coming up here i'm going to talk a little bit about house plants and some of the things you can do with your house plants to keep them blooming keep them in good shape and primarily i'm going to be talking a little bit about some of our christmas house plants like poinsettias and uh, christmas cactus and that stuff so but anyway right this minute i'm going to go ahead and do like i like to do i got a little i got a little take a little take a little break and stretch and uh, head uh, uh, use the facilities i might say to say it in a nice way uh, so i will be back in a moment and i know some of you folks will recognize this song and I hope you, it helps you remember. And I'll be back in a minute. This is Larry with Growing a Greener Kenai. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And I'm there uh, for some of you folks, and I know, I know my friend Marcia knows what that's from. Uh, that's from Little Shop of Horrors. Whenever, uh, well, the Rick Moranis character, he's singing to uh, Seymour. He's singing to the plant. And as you all know, at the end of that uh, movie, he, he gets eaten by the plant, if I remember correct. Anyway, that's, a, that's such a good one. And like I said, I know Marcia knows this one because that's what she calls her greenhouse, the little shop of horrors. 
And uh, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. So I'm going to talk a little bit about about house plants, especially some of the plants and indoor gardening in general a little bit. So some of you folks, and you know, I've, I've had these in the past. I don't have one right now, but I, but I think uh, my wife and I were talking, we'd like to get one again. And uh, one of them is Christmas cactus. You know, this is, uh, this is that plant that, oh gosh, it almost looks like it's got segmented spider legs or something like that. And it has uh, the, the prettiest blooms and uh, they get so you get some good color at your house through the holidays they got oh uh it gives uh, gives the, the plants have a very unique look they're flat green pointy edges uh, of the christmas uh of the christmas plant and and they can get pretty big you know they'll uh those those uh, i don't know if they're really vines they're segments i guess can grow two to three feet long and i've uh never tried it before but but i'm betting that they're pretty easy to propagate too but anyway uh they're uh, they're really showy and, and colorful blooms and they can really brighten up your house and they've got uh you know red pink uh, oh gosh white purple yellow ones and uh just gives your house a a really true festive look in the seasons so anyway uh, but one of the things that sometimes people have trouble with is getting the plants to bloom so uh, it can be pretty tricky especially up here in Alaska uh, you know especially if you've if you've had the plant for more than one growing season and that's one of the things I want to uh, remind folks of too is you know sometimes people they buy these plants like a poinsettia or a Christmas cactus and they consider them just a holiday affair and some folks will just throw them away and get another one. Well, you don't have to do that. You can keep those things going uh, potentially year after year and propagate off of them. And then uh, you've got a new plant, uh, but you've got to get the timing for the blooms, you know, because a lot of the, lot of the timing on those has already been set by a nursery or or the grower you know because you go to the store and see a poinsettia in the in the uh, in the store it, it's already got its uh, it's already got its blooms you know so it's it's uh it's one of those things that the grower has already done for everyone but just because you bought that doesn't mean you have to get rid of it so anyway uh christmas cactuses uh they actually originate uh, in the mountains of eastern Brazil and so what that means if they're in the mountains like many of our plants mostly our bulbs they need a, a chilling phase through the winter now I'm not saying they need to go down to five degrees or five below but they need a little bit of a chilling phase and they also need a little bit of dark for longer periods of time in fact they when you look at the mountains and you look down in brazil they're getting oh gosh 12 13 14 hours of darkness each day so it's the combination of the cool temperatures and the darkness that forced that plant to bloom and as a house plant uh, that's what you have to mimic you have to mimic those conditions to get your plants to bloom and around the holiday season as well so how do you do that well 
oh, I don't know, maybe six to eight weeks before Christmas, which is about now, you need to move your cactus plant to a cool area. And when I say cool, I don't mean outdoors, but it needs to be cool and moist. Like, like I, I, my wife and I have a partially heated garage, and that would be a perfect place to put it. And I've got a, a, I built a little closet in there. That'd be a perfect place to put that for a little while. You want to try and keep the plant where the temperatures are around 50 to 55 degrees. And that's about what we keep our garage at. We don't heat it hot at all. We're probably closer to 50. So you put it in there and you keep it in the dark. Uh, but they need, to, they need that long period of darkness. And that'll help to force the new blooms. Uh, make sure to keep them in the dark for 12 to 14 hours a day. And if you get both the chill and the darkness, you know, you may have to cover or move your plant into a dark closet, which, as I said, what we've got to do, or cover them somehow for most of the day and overnight. Uh, it should be receiving not bright light. Uh, they need low light, maybe away from a window for no more than about eight hours. You know, you want to keep them very lightly watered. You don't want to overwater them. So, and, and we all know as gardeners, we know pretty much the, the, the test for checking moisture in your, in your house plants. You stick your finger down in there, about to the first knuckle, and if it's dry, really dry, you might need to give a little, little water too. But you really don't want to overfeed. The soil should just be barely moist to touch it in there. And then it takes about, oh, six to eight weeks after the new growth starts up here uh, to form some new buds and then bloom and you should not uh, from what I've researched on this you shouldn't fertilize your your cactus at this point uh, this really needs to be done after it uh, completes the bloom cycle so and to keep it blooming strong then uh, there's some additional tips first and foremost keep it out of direct sunlight uh, direct sunlight will decrease the plant's bloom life. It's far better to put it in a location that receives indirect lighting. In addition, you know, you can keep the plant away. Don't, don't put the plant, uh, keep it away from heating or, or air vents so it doesn't dry out. You know, and the word, it's always really weird. The word, the word cactus makes one think that it's a, a desert condition. Uh, Christmas cactus, they really like high humidity. So putting it near a, a vent, draft, or fireplace, it hinders blooming uh, because uh, all the moisture is sucked out of the air in those locations. So if you do all this and, and kind of pay attention, you should be able to get a good three plus, four weeks of blooms around the, around the holidays. And then you can care, they're pretty easy to care for indoors after that. I mean, uh, you can start removing when the blooms uh, start to die off. You can remove those spent blooms, uh, uh, cut some of the foliage back that looks damaged or old. And uh, like I said, they prefer moist but not saturated soil. Water, you know, you water the plant when the, the top part starts to go. And, but as we all know as gardeners, too much water in there is going to potentially rot the roots. And in a poinsettia, those roots will swell up and they, they will, they will, well, they'll die or they'll be stunted or whatever. So after they bloom your Christmas uh, cactus, it, uh, you need to keep it in a high natural light area, but out of direct sunlight, like maybe 
I don't know, like maybe on top of the refrigerator if you've got room to do that. Uh, you know, because actually the shoots on those can burn uh, if in too much direct sunlight. And even though it gets uh, cold up here, we get some, uh, in the wintertime, obviously we get some really bright sun coming through the window and it can be hot when that sun is, is coming through the window. So they, as you, uh, you know, as you keep it, you know, you can fertilize them a little bit, but not till after they start to bloom. And, you know, if you're going to keep it year round, spring, summer, and fall, they can move out. You can move them outdoor to a shady location and, or they're also fine. You just leave them in, in the house year round. And the best time to prune a, a Christmas uh, cacti, cacti, cactuses, you know, cacti, I thought, black tie, I thought you said cacti. Some of you folks will know that joke. Uh, some of you won't. But if you, if you want to go to the net and just go to your browser and, and type in black tie, we thought you said cacti, you'll know what I'm talking about. So anyway, you prune them in uh, June uh, and July, and this uh, gives the plants enough time to put that new growth in and be ready for the next Christmas. And from what I understand, you can uh, you can keep uh, your Christmas cactus. I mean, they'll stay alive for years, and if especially if you propagate them. I mean, even a, a propagated uh, Christmas cactus plant would be a wonderful, wonderful to me, a wonderful. Christmas gift. I I wouldn't mind getting something like that uh, from a from a from a friend or, or anybody. I mean, uh, that's a, that a plant is always something good. I think to give to a fellow gardener. So anyway, uh, then uh, the other one I was talking about was poinsettia. Poinsettia, poinsettia. I've always said uh, as a kid I said poinsettia. Now I say poinsettia. Uh, but there's a few little tricks to keep them producing too. And as I said before, the growers have got those all set to be blooming uh, pretty much from Thanksgiving to New Year's. And it's a, it's a perennial plant. And same way with uh, the cactus, you can keep those year round. And, oh, excuse me. And one of the things that I didn't really realize is that the blooms of the poinsettia are not the flowers they're actually modified leaves that form on the plant uh, and if you look at a poinsettia plant you'll you'll see the center uh, of that plant those are the flowers you see those little little bitty buds but but i and i didn't realize this i didn't think about it but the but the bright colored leaves they're actually a set of modified leaves and they call them brack b-r-a-c-t-s that form on the plant, and I, I didn't know that. I did that with uh, learned that with a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, research on poinsettias. So, uh, what happens with them is, as uh, daylight starts to shorten through the winter months, it's it causes those bracts, those modified leaves, to bloom with color, and it can happen naturally, uh, as most most poinsettia plants they're forced into darkness early and that's why how the growers do it to get them to bloom in time for the holiday season so the bright red the bright crimson ones are still the most popular but there's other color uh, colories there's other colors and varieties of bracts they bloom in white yellow salmon orange pink and uh, they're all just absolutely 
Beautiful. So what can you do to keep your poinsettia plant blooming? One of the ways is to keep them in full color is by, get, once again, I'm talking about giving them the right amount of water. And by watering them too much, that's the number one reason many poinsettia plants are, they lose their blooms. So more times than not, it's too much water that causes this. And, you know, that's one of the toughest things. And that's one of the toughest things when you're helping kids. And I, you know, we all love to help kids become gardeners and get them in, uh, uh, interested in gardening is they want to water something all the time. If they water it in the morning, they go out another hour later, they want to water something, they want to water it at lunch, they want to water it in the evening. That's the biggest thing to help a kid with gardening is they want to water everything. And, uh, you know, they love to see that water coming out of the, the end of the, the bucket or whatever. But anyway, that's one of the things. It leads, uh, for the poinsettia, it leaves, uh, you'll get soggy roots. And the roots will swell, and they quit taking in nutrients. And it also makes them really susceptible to rot. So uh, only water when they become dry to touch. And we, like I said, you stick your finger down an inch or so, like, like first knuckle or something of your of your finger, and uh, just just that's when you water. And it is sometimes it's so it's so hard to not want to water them. Like I said, especially with kids. So as we know, most plants you you really want to let the that soil in them almost dry out totally before you give them a water and we've all seen that before i'm sure you've seen that before like especially with a tomato when a tomato plant needs water boy that dude it starts to boy it starts to wilt you can tell what's going on with that and it's amazing you give that plant water and boy you look in 30 minutes later that thing is standing up strong well you want to just try and keep that consistency is the best key uh whenever it whenever uh, you come to watering uh, watering your plants and uh so anyway uh you want to allow you want to be sure the the pot like everything that it drains well uh air let the air get in there uh soggy roots will result in a struggling plant same way with the cactus room temperature is a big key now this one's a little bit easier than the cactus, uh, fi like I said, 50 to 55 degrees. That's keeping it in a, in a moist basement or in a uh, semi-heated garage or something like that. But a poinsettia likes to be in about 65 to 75, which for most of us, that's about the temperature you keep your house up here in the wintertime. My wife and I, we keep ours right at uh, kind of, well, well we have a little uh, uh, we ha we have actually have uh, thermostat wars sometime. Uh, my wife turns the temperature up to 70, 71, or 72, and I sneak by and I turn it down to like 67 or 68. Uh, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with how much money we're spending on heat. I just I get hot real easy, and I like it to be a little cooler in the house. So anyway, but most people 65 to 75 degrees. 70 degrees is about the the ideal temp, and. Uh, but but rooms that if you've got rooms that get really uh, cold at night or get too hot during the day, you need to try to uh, avoid those. Same way with the uh, the cactus. Uh, 
avoiding drafts. Don't put them somewhere where they're uh, close. You know, don't put it right next to your baseboard heater. Uh, people think you got to keep your plant warm. They don't like that heat. Like I said, 65 to 75, and that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna take care of your plant a little bit bit better. Same way, cold air returns all that uh, heat sources, fireplaces and heaters. It'll dry out the plant. It shortens the blooms by weeks. Those bracts, the blooms of the bracts, those those modified leaves. And then another thing is the lighting. To keep the plant blooming as long as possible, you gotta provide proper lighting. Just like in the spring, uh, when you're uh, you're doing your seed starts for gardening, light is a key. You all know that uh, the those plants, if you're doing it in the window, they'll start to get really leggy they're looking for light well uh, a poinsettia won't necessarily get leggy but they need a good sort of of light which really is kind of funny for a plant that needs to be in the door dark for so long to get those uh bracts to to change color in the first place they don't like re uh, direct sunlight uh but a, a you know a well-lit room and uh, that'll that'll keep them going for a while and if if you do keep them in a room that is really dark, uh, they ought to be moved to the window every day for just a few hours to keep their color real strong. And and then the same way after, how to keep them blooming? Uh, like we we said, everything like our last summer, grow, working in the garden, everything comes to an end. So uh, as uh, the calendar turns from December to New Year, you're going to start getting uh, the blooms are going to. Uh, start petering out a little bit those bracts uh, but it's a poinsettia is a is a, a perennial so don't think you have to throw that thing away like i said so many people get rid of their poinsettia and you know those things are getting expensive at the store you you go look at those i mean got thirty dollars for a for a poinsettia plant you know uh that is absolutely that is absolutely uh, an amazing price for that. So, but once those those bracts, those modified leaves start to fade, all you got to do is, like a lot of our plants, cut that whole plant off to just a few inches above the stem, and then allow them. They'll slowly start their growth journey back, and you can you can look look around. Uh, that'll that'll come back and. You can keep them alive year round, and boy, you've got uh, you've got a, another plant that is ready for Christmas the next year. I would be interested in knowing if anybody has ever done this. Uh, I'd be interested in knowing if if you have tried this and if you have a poinsettia plant that's literally years old, years and years old. Uh, has anybody ever done that? Let me know on uh, at Growing a Greener Kenai at kdll.org. That would be really uh, very interesting. But one of the things uh, to keep them alive, that all you got to do is uh, keep them the proper watering, uh, a good room temperature. Uh, boy, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, they bloom, like I said, uh, 65 to 75. Uh, don't don't water them too much. Uh, you cut them back, and uh, and you've got a you've got a plant for the next season. So, so that's a that's a that's a good thing to think about doing, and and watch the amount of money you spend. Now I've talked about a couple of Christmas flowers, but you know one of the other things I want to talk about is 
something that my wife and I do in the wintertime, and this helps, is, you know, there's so many things you can grow in your house besides just a house plant. I'm talking uh, some of the veggies we like. Uh, it's easy to have an herb garden in your house in, uh, in the wintertime, and that is actually is a lot of, that's actually a lot of fun uh, doing that. And, oh, man, uh, you folks know some of the, the things I like to do is grow miniature tomatoes. It feels, you know, now we've got our tomato, we've got our tomato uh, candle now, but one of the things that's really neat is the micro tomatoes are just, I think they're fantastic. Uh, there's a couple of varieties I like, and there's one I'm going to try this year uh, that I haven't grown before, but one of them is Orange Hat. You know, and those things only get six to nine inches tall, but boy, they are prolific. You look at you look at your some of your orange hat plants, and it'll have fifteen to twenty tomatoes on it, and it's only eight inches tall. And and I think I told you about this before. One of our really wonderful gardeners on the peninsula, uh, Sharon German, I gave her the seeds from one of those plants some years back and she grew them and propagated them and she actually wound up growing them enough i I think uh, if i remember she went to a wedding a number of years back and she had used those uh, orange hats as table centerpiece uh, decoration and she said everybody loved them plus it feels good in the winter time in february when the snow's on the ground it's darker and i'll get out just to walk in there and rub one of those tomato leaves and get that smell of fresh tomato when the weather outside is bad. But this other variety, and, and then one of the other ones I like to grow is uh, Microtom. That's good. But this, but this one variety I'm going to try this year, it's called a spoon tomato. It, it, uh, it uh, matures in about 65 to 70 day, and it's just the size of a little bitty, of, of a pea. And it's said to be the world's tiniest tomato. And I'm going to do that just for fun as an experiment uh, to do that and see uh, what what happens uh, with this little with this little bitty tomato. But it's called spoon tomato, uh, 65 to 70 days of uh, to maturity. And I've got a little uh, uh, in our utility room. I keep a LED grow light. Uh, hanging in there and it's not a huge one it's only like two and a half two two and a half feet long and i put my plants under there and as things as to start them growing first i lower the light where it's just right above the pots and then as things start to grow i i lift it up uh, you know and you folks know you know that trick but you know these tomatoes they like uh, full sun you know they like 75 to 95 degrees you only put the you know follow the directions on the seed packet and get them you know eighth inch uh, down they're not frost hardy they sprout in uh, seven to 14 days you can probably get them to sprout a little bit faster than that if you put them in a wet uh, wet paper towel in a ziploc bag and uh, and do that but there there's really no rush uh, in the winter time but kids love them uh, and they're just uh, they're just a well like I said I haven't grown them yet but they look like they're going to be a hoot to grow and my goodness uh, the pictures I've seen of them, they're just super prolific, absolutely super prolific. 
uh, same way with the orange hats. The orange hats are so good, and they have the same they have the same uh, growing requirements as the the spoon tomato. So give that a try. You know, and if you've got the space, I bet you could I bet you could grow some of these if you've got the light. I'm sure you could grow some of these in a hanging basket in your house too. And I think uh, I think that would probably work for you if. Uh, if that's what you had, if you had the space and the light to, in fact, do that. So uh, give that a try and see if it works for you. Uh, you can grow herbs in the wintertime. Uh, the herbs, the herb, herbs are great. Oh, my gosh, folks. Well, there's the Beatles uh, with Octopus's Garden. That means we've only got about two minutes of the show left. Uh, but as I was talking about, you can grow... Uh, we like to grow basil and thyme. Uh, there are so many things you can grow in the garden. And growing herbs in the house in the wintertime, that's also another way to absolutely brighten your day. You get those odors of plants growing. You can go in there the same way. Uh, if you get them big enough, you just, just grab a basil leaf and pop it in your mouth or grab a, a mint leaf and pop it in your mouth. And it is wonderful in the wintertime to... Brighten your day, like I said, whenever it's cold and uh, snow and uh, we've got three feet of snow out in the garden and on top of the greenhouse and you know not much is going to be happening for a little while. So anyway, well, thanks again, folks, for listening to Growing a Greener Teen. I certainly appreciate it and have a lot of fun doing this. And uh, once again, I want to thank Kenai Feed, uh, Cool Cash Farms, Sarah Kenai Feed, Wayne and Patty at Cool Cash Farm, and Mel and Jess down at Mel's Bakery for the gifts uh, from, uh, that helped us have a, a successful KDLL membership drive. And and uh, thanks a lot to them. Thanks for you folks that, that donated to KTLL. We, we certainly appreciate it. Well, I will be back on the first Saturday of December. And remember, we're going to talk about some presents for gardeners. If you got anything in mind that would be good, uh, email it to me at growingagreenerkenai at kdll.org. I would love to hear it. Well, folks, this is listener-supported public radio for the Central Kenai Peninsula, KDLL 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna. We'll close out with a little bit of Octopus's Garden. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. <laughs>